What did we just watch, Amy? We just watched VHS, the 2012 found footage anthology horror film. Yep. And these are our first impressions. Spoiler-filled impressions. Spoilers. I feel like particularly when we're watching spooky movies, you gotta like say, like, no, we're gonna spoil stuff. Yeah, and since I watched the trailer right before the VHS, yeah, I, was, I was not scared by the film, because I had seen, like, what was All of the happen. scary parts. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I would say the one... That I was, I found the most upsetting. I don't even say it was scary, but I found it upsetting was I think the one that was in the trailer the least. So that's interesting. Mm. Which was the the Zoom call one. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it was Zoom in 2012. No, it wasn't anything, and I was kind of annoyed at how like generic it was. Like, put some effort into it. But, um, actually, I'm curious what the budget for this was. It's like 290000 according to Wikipedia. Okay, you know, that's, that's so, what I would now consider to be a low-budget film. Two forty-two. Yeah. $242,000. That's not bad. That's, that's reasonable for a, a found-footage horror film anthology. Yeah. So, I had never heard of this film, but... According to you, it's kind of well-known in horror. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been circles, around for a while. And there's several... Spin-off sequel, sequels. Quote-unquote sequel. It's yeah. Not, because it's an anthology, they're not following any continuity from... I mean, they might be. Who knows? Well, that's true. We didn't, we didn't. There is a frame story that we could theoretically revisit in some way. Mm-hmm. I guess. Um, but even then, like, the... The... Short films, the stories within this were not at all thematically linked. No. Like, there was no overriding anything. I may disagree a little bit. Okay. I, I see. I, I think I can see where you would read into one. And we'll, we'll get to that. Because I think that's an interesting fair point. Okay. I do know that, and I know this from the reading Wikipedia page... Uh, that it was, like, the producers who also directed the, the frame narrative just hired some directors and were like, go make whatever you want. So, uh, not that it has to be intentional, but any thematic continuity is probably more accidental than not. Well, and you do that and not only... You're not going to have continuity, which you don't need to have. No. Um, but you are going to have uneven films. Oh, absolutely. And we certainly had that. <laughs> uneven in filmmaking, uneven in length. Um, yeah. And, and, and effects. Yeah, and I probably, if I were in charge of everything, I probably would have cut one of them. I don't know which one. Like, I can't immediately say, I like, guess one was the worst. But it just, was a little bit long. It, like, when we got to the end of the fourth one, I was like, oh, are we done? Nope. No, one, <laughs> one more. One more. Uh, so that was that was rough. But what did you think overall of them? We can dive into the individuals as well. Well, I uh, so made it about 15 minutes into the film and thought to myself, I don't think I can watch this. I'm nauseous. Because <laughs> it was so shaky. Sure, yeah. And Particularly the, the frame segment and the first one. Mm-hmm. And I continued to be nauseous throughout the film, but I persevered oh. and finished watching it. 
it got a little, I think it got a little better after the first yeah. film. Um, I thought it was interesting that it was framed around VHS tapes and film film mm -hmm. in 2012 when we had already switched over to digital Yes, by that point. So what is the horror of having film film and VHS tapes? Because I, I think that is um, more... It certainly has a home in horror. The aesthetics of, of the VHS format. And the film and the way that film can capture like ghosts or supernatural mm. entities okay. yeah. that you yeah. can't see in the, um, the the lens effect. You know, it's you gotta take a picture of it. Yeah. And then yeah. you see the, the ghost or whatever. Right? Yeah. Develop develop the film. Yeah. Um and you know, there's a history of they played with that, the way that you developed film in the 19th century to make spooky effects, mm -hmm. and it was part of the spiritualism oh, yeah. movement, um, the spookiness of just having film reproduce real life, mm -hmm. um, was very new, obviously it was a new technology, <laughs> not something people had, had imagined before, so why... My question was why frame it around VHS tapes in 2012. There's also something very physical about having the, the framing story is that this group of guys wells. Um, have to break into a house and grab a particular VHS and they're going to get paid for it. But mm -hmm. there's, you know, dozens and dozens of VHS tapes mm -hmm. you're watching through some. Mm -hmm. There's the, the physicality of taking out one tape and putting it in the VCR mm -hmm. to watch one film, taking it out and putting it in another. That you don't get necessarily on DVD unless it's one film per DVD. And there's just no. I I I get what you're saying. Like there is there is something about the physicality of a VHS in that, like. Well, it's not a film strip where there is literally like each image on each frame. The this is going to sound weird. VHS is closer to vinyl than it is to an MP3 player. Mm -hmm. um, it is a static single artifact. Um, but you can record over it. But you can record over and, it. Something that the film uses a little bit. Um, but also like. The re the the re-recording of it, I think, enhances that physicality almost. Um, and you, depending on where you record on the tape, or the fact that you might have gaps in your re-recording, can make things happen. I don't know. I get what you're saying, and I think I agree with you. I can't be describing my, it well. I can't put my finger. Yeah. Put my finger on it. Um, which is why I was interested that one of the later sequels is VHS Viral, mm -hmm. which I assume is kind of digital space. Then I think of that movie Unfriended, Unfriended which was <laughs> kind of a found footage, but via Skype, Zoom, FaceTime, yeah. Yeah. Facebook screenshots, um, telling a story mm -hmm. about a ghost and a ghost in the, in the internet. The internet. Spoilers for 
unfriended. Yeah. The film. Um, the the framing device that you think you might know was I just noticed that in all of these stories, these were men being terrible to women. <laughs> And most yes. of the men died. Yes, some that of is true. Some women, some not. <laughs> it was something I couldn't quite put my finger on. I was like, this isn't, it's not like in like a commentary or a critique of misogyny, assault, mm -hmm. harassment. But they are like getting their comeuppance somehow, which is a very simplified. Yeah, I think the closest that any of them had to commentary was the first segment. Mm -hmm. Um, about the with the glasses, they all had names, but I don't remember what the names were. Uh, I, I pulled it up. This Amateur one. Night was the first one with the, the guys going to pick up chicks at a bar to record them having sex without their mm -hmm. permission or knowledge, and then one of them turned out to be a, a demon creature of some sort. I was guessing vampire. Vampires like, are a good guess. Like yeah. original terrifying vampire yeah. that like rips people apart. Yeah, no, I like I like that. Vampire is a good read. She also seemed to turn into a winged creature at the end. That's so, true. Yeah, that that um, leads leads to vampire. Um, I, I didn't finish my thought with the oh sorry go ahead device that I saw. Something was off. I was like, because because good horror to me is a, about something else. Uh -huh. So it's often about trauma or grief mm -hmm. or some sort of social yes, commentary. Yes, I, like, I do not disagree at all. is a great example <laughs> of something that's not about... It's not about what it's about. What it's about. Um, and so I was kind of wondering if that was what's going on. Then I get to the end and saw that all the writers and directors were men. <laughs> I was like, oh, this explains... <laughs> This explains the thing that I'm like, something isn't, something's off here, if that's what they're trying yeah. to do. And that is... That was the answer? I, there, was, there was so much, like, unwanted advantage, sexual assaults, mm -hmm. filming women that they didn't want to be filmed, filming mm -hmm. them in sexualized ways. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's... that's... And, Bad things happen to, to those, those men. Guys. Some of them also happened to the women. Yeah. Um, it was. It wasn't a clear. Yeah. There was a moral to the story that wasn't clear. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I could see that. I, I when you said like I read something into it, I was like, yeah, that's. I agree. That's there. Um, but it feels accidental. Yeah. <laughs> well. You're right. I'm, I'm giving them, like, all... I'm thinking of all the things that it could have been to be uh -huh. thinking. Because, there, of course, horror has such a relationship to sex. Oh, yeah. Women's women being nude. And, mm -hmm. um, and so you could make... Certainly make a commentary. Yeah, and I think that. there are horror films that have done that. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, the one that immediately comes to mind is Jennifer's Body. But there are plenty of others that have... Just Cabin in the Woods, where, yeah. like, the, the protagonist makes clear she's not a virgin. Yeah. And, like, but it's... But we need... It's, but, it's sacrificial. <laughs> but it's being treated as a virgin yeah. character. The yeah. The meta-narrative of Cabin in the Woods. Yeah, there is... There, there are absolutely films out there that are making those points. This 
didn't feel like it was trying to make that point, but in the same way, I, the last anthology film we watched, I think, was The Ballad of Buster Scruggs, where there was this sort of accidental othering of natives into monsters throughout the whole film. Mm-hmm. It's that same sort of, like, presence throughout these. And now, Ballad of Buster Scruggs did have a single creative team, creative team uh, across all of them, so it was more of a problem there. What was not more of a problem there. It's still a problem in both cases. <laughs> well, while I was watching VHS, I didn't realize that they had kind of just said, here's some money, go make, go a, make film. a movie. Yeah. And they hadn't thought about it as, as a whole. Mm-hmm. Which, I will say, from a like experimental indie film space, I think that's really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, allowing, you know, micro-budget, directors to go out and make something interesting with very little creative oversight. And yeah, does it work all the time? No. Well, that's kind of like Bloomhouse's whole yes. model, isn't it? Now, yes. Bloomhouse is not involved in VHS at No, all. although I think it does fit into their sort of oeuvre of micro-budget horror films. Here's the money. Go make, go make a thing. Um, and if we give you a small enough amount of money across a wide enough <laughs> list of creatives, they will eventually make us money. Um, which is good. I like that creativity. I like that that exploration. Um, even if, again, the, the actual hit-to-miss ratio is um, fine. <laughs> it's, it's fine. I didn't think that VHS was scary. I thought it was creepy. Yes. I think it was very creepy. But it wasn't scary, possibly because they show all this. All of the scary parts in the trailer. <laughs> so yeah, that, have... that that was certainly related. Um, yeah, no, I definitely feel like it was that atmospheric sort of creepy. Um, I I question. We can get into it when we get into the individual segments. I question any time a movie is a found footage feature. I always have to ask some of the same questions. Okay, who edited this? Like, how did it come to us in this format? Um, And why did they keep filming? (laughs) Um, Which are questions that sometimes these segments answered and asked, asked and answered, and sometimes they definitely did not. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm just I'm just putting that framework up there as like my initial question. I'm going to be interrogating all of these short features with, and then whether or not they were entertaining, because mm-hmm. I, I I don't think not answering those questions can like ruin a movie. Um, but when part of your core premise is that it is being recorded by someone a willingness to think about that from the creative team indicates a willingness to engage with the medium that not all creators of found footage productions have. Mm-hmm. That was a long-winded say, way of saying, what did you think of the frame narrative? We'll start with that. What did I think of the frame narrative? Um, I thought it was... Uh... Which was called, I think, Tape 57. 
made sense to me. The f- whole framing of it. Mm-hmm. Um, the the premise of them having to go to a house to find a particular VHS is kind of weird, but I didn't. They needed something yeah. to frame it. So, um, I guess I. It was kind of boring. Uh huh. Though. Um, just one of the examples of it being creepy but not scary is they find this old man dead in his chair mm-hmm. in the room with all the TVs where they watch some of the videos and they'll have shots of the person watching the video and the old man isn't in the chair anymore. Yeah. And that's an example to me. Of it. It, that's creepy, but it's not scary. Uh-huh. Um, no, I, I think that's fair. Yeah, so... They were assholes. Yeah. Literally the first thing I wrote was, I hope these guys get murdered. Yeah. <laughs> so I didn't didn't feel... I mean, you're, you're not meant to feel no. sorry for them um, at all. It's kind of been recorded over a unconsented sex tape. Yeah. Um, they're just destructive and... Yeah, they're just assholes. So, wasn't upset, but it was a it was a boring. Yeah, it, it worked it as a frame narrative, but nothing about it itself was interesting. And it didn't end in an interesting way. But you can't necessarily wrap things up with the found footage. Sure, but I mean, look at uh, I think not necessarily the Ur example, but one of the earliest examples was Blair Witch, mm-hmm. which does have a pretty unsatisfying but unnerving ending. Right. It can be unnerving, yeah. the ending. Um, was that Spanish film we watched, a found footage? Yeah, Rec. Um, R-E-C. The one where they're in the apartment with the zombies. Mm-hmm. That has a scary ending. Yes. <laughs> yes, it did. And then, like, they put it in every trailer... And on the poster. Oh, I, well, I didn't see the trailer. <laughs> yeah. Poster. So that was a film in Spain. Yes. And a, another pretty good found footage movie. Yes, that was. That was a good film. Um, where they did ask and answer the question of how was this edited and why did they keep filming? Mm-hmm. Um, and the answer was, well, it's a news crew. So they have a, a certain imperative to continue filming when something newsworthy is happening. Um, yeah, the fact that there were so many edits in the frame narrative did get on my nerves because most of the other, maybe all of the other movies we watch or the the stories are from a single quote unquote camera. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It seemed like the, the guys in the framing. Must have had five or six cameras. Yeah, each one of them had a camera, and we were live cutting between them in the way that, like, someone in an editing booth had to put together. Um, One thing, I don't know if you remember this, or if this was even something that was newsworthy around you when you were growing up, Um, but I remember local news, like, more than once in the early days of, like, this portable home media stuff being relatively accessible like calling out footage of dumb teenagers and 20-somethings vandalizing things and recording themselves doing it. Um, I, I recall in particular like one where they were going around smashing mailboxes and shooting people with paint guns um, and 
being criminals, and they filmed themselves doing it. And all I thought at the time was, like, how dumb is that? <laughs> like, and then they invented YouTube. And then they invented YouTube. So, you know, I was wrong. No, I don't remember that. This says we're recording, but the light's not on. Oh, that's fun. Do we need to pause for a second? Uh, and play back? It's recording from our built-in mic on the computer. Oh, that's going to be high quality. Yeah, sorry for the terrible audio quality, everybody. I don't want to stop. The phone fell on the yeah. floor my foot. Uh, well, just keep recording. It's a found footage audio podcast. A found footage audio podcast. <laughs> Very thematic. Yeah. Oh, man, I feel dorky. Uh, anyway. And then I thought what was really weird was then they would, like, play the footage on the news. Like, snippets thereof. Uh, and that's what that opening segment reminded me of. Mm. That is very much something I would, that I don't remember, but does not surprise me yeah. from local news. Um, it's very, very local newsy. Um, yeah. So, like, I thought that was an interesting thing as far as the framing narrative went. Um, but other than that, I felt it was competent at best. Like, there was nothing interesting about it. Which I found interesting that it was then given its own, like, heading in the, the like, its own title sequence mm -hmm. in the, the credits. Like, yes, obviously, like, this group of people that wrote and directed it. Um, Adam Wingard, who uh, I know from other things. Oh, other things. Um, he was the director of Your Next and The Guest, which came out both before and after. Your Next is, I think, a really good home invasion horror movie. Mm -hmm. You know, where people are at home and bad guys show up and try to murder them. Um, and I think The Guest is not a horror movie, but was billed as one. And that hurt it. He also did the reboot of Blair Witch in 2016. but So that's how I know him. Uh, but I think this was not up to any of those standards. I think it was real. We need a framing narrative, and this is all we've got. Yep. Yeah. Which yeah. could have been interesting. Why this house have full of VHSs full of murders happening? Yeah. Often supernatural. No question answered. I mean, that's, that's an interesting question. You don't have to answer it, but give me At a little bit more. At least acknowledge it. Give me a little bit more to <laughs> pique my interest and creep me out. Yeah, that's fair. It didn't do that. Well, you want to talk about Amateur yeah, Night? Yeah, let's talk about I'm Amateur sorry. Night. Uh, I... I think the actress who played the creature the creature was real good. Mm -hmm. um, I hated the dudes. I felt like I was supposed to. I thought it was relatively interesting. I'm looking at my notes. I didn't write a lot of notes down on that one. Mm -hmm. uh, I did write something that I thought multiple times while we were watching it is found footage is kind of boring. Mm hmm like, it's hard... Maybe that's why they move it around so much. Yeah. Well, like, I think one of the, the most classic examples in my mind is uh, Paranormal Activity, hmm. where for large swaths of the movie, nothing happens. And, like, it's supposed to be, like, building tension. Like, oh, no, what's going to happen? But it's only building tension because you know you're watching a horror movie, not because anything is happening to build that tension. Um, I do think the first segment 
undercut that boringness a little bit by relatively early on introducing us to the vampire lady. Now, Wikipedia says uh-huh. she was actually succubus. Okay. And there was a spin-off film of the character called Siren in 2016, which was not a found footage Interesting. Film, but featured the same actor. Oh, really? And, like, inspired by this. Yeah. I thought she did a really good job. Wikipedia, so. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at the same link you are. Um, neat. I think that uh, the actress was real good. She's real creepy. Yeah, she hasn't she, done a, uh, well, she's done like a lot of like one-offs on TV shows and things like that. Um, yeah, she's got a lot of, a lot of short film credits. Cool. Good for her. I thought she was good. What did you think? Yeah. All of the above, I think. Cool. Um, men being creepy. Men being creepy. Mm, and and then there they was get murdered. a naked guy, and you didn't see that was That was and, another thing that I noticed throughout this film, is we saw a lot of dude butts. Right, and no penises. Yeah. And that's just, like... The opposite of the male gaze is not the female gaze. <laughs> the opposite of seeing women's nudity is not necessarily seeing men's nudity. However, but, but we never get male nudity. <laughs> we never get male nudity. Yeah, we get butts, but everybody's got and a it butt. Happened a few times. In it this happened. Film. I think it, it happened three times, two or three times, more than I expected. Yeah, so that was it's like, a, and, but we get we get so many boobs. All the boobs. So many boobs, boobs for days. <laughs> so many boobs. Like yeah. I think almost every woman in every film. Took her shirt off at some point. Yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> Just about. Yeah. Lots of boobs uh, and a couple dude butts, but that's it. So that's what I thought. Yeah, I also thought about that. Well, extra spoilers for um, Amateur Night. We did see her rip off his junk. Mm-hmm. So that's true. That's something. It was very dark. Though. It was very dark. It was probably a prosthetic. It wasn't uh, real human yes, genitals. Yes, Kevin, I don't think it was <laughs> real human genitals. <laughs> like cadavers. Yeah. I, but, no. um, although I've learned much of the male frontal nudity we get in the rare cases when we get it is also prosthetics. Prosthetics. You know, we're prosthetic boobs when no. uh, we used to get no. nudity. I don't... Yeah. I don't like that double standard. Uh, uh, yeah, you want to talk about Second Honeymoon? Yeah, what do you think of Second Honeymoon? Um, I know all these questions are coming up, so you would think that I would have a better I would. Sense. I would think that. <laughs> so the premise of this is a, a heterosexual couple going on a second honeymoon. Um, and this was... One of the ones where I felt like it had a creep factor because they're they're taking home movies Mm -hmm. of it. And there's a scene where they're in their hotel room and someone else is filming and they're both asleep. Yeah. That was a good moment. That's creepy. Yeah. Um, Because you don't know. And it's on the same camera. Yeah. We've established that this is like the sole point of view camera, unlike the framing narrative. 
So you know someone has come into the room, picked up the camera, and is filming them sleeping. Yes. And, um, come, like, has a switchblade and, like, moves it around their bodies mm-hmm. without touching. And they take a toothbrush and put it in the toilet yeah. and um, take it out. Um, also another one of men being horrible to women. Yeah. One, uh, one of my notes was just, ew, men. Yeah, ew, men. Ew, <laughs> You men, the husband is trying to film, wants to make a sex tape, basically. Yeah. And the wife says multiple times, no. Yeah. No. no. And he keeps. And we should make it clear like, we're not opposed to sex tapes in general. No. <laughs> but they need to be consensual. Yeah. This lady was definitely not into it, and he kept pressuring her, which was gross. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so he gets murdered. He gets stabbed in the throat. Uh huh. It's very graphic. Mm-hmm. And it seems like the wife is probably in on it. Yes. Like from that last scene where she's kissing the murderer. Yes. The, and filming herself. Which is implied to be, like, I, again, I, so the thing is about this movie, this segment I liked, was it didn't feel the need to just state things to us. Um, it It left some gaps and that makes more sense to me in a found horror film than, again, found footage horror film than, again, like, everyone happened to film the perfect things at all times. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you don't see... Like, there's a, a strange woman comes to their door in the hotel, and then she's, like, wandering around outside. Which you don't see. Yeah. You just see some... They do film her through the window. Yes. But... Um, and you don't... Like, you hear her knock at the door, but you don't see the confrontation at the door... Um, those sorts of things where, again, it was answering the question of like, okay, why are we still filming this? Like, what, what are we doing here? And then stopping filming when it makes sense to do so. So those sorts of things I appreciated from it. Yes, I did too. I think my parents watch a lot of British murder Uh shows, and so they filter down to me, Uh the British murder shows. Uh Uh-huh. And so I had, I was just thinking, this is such a bad murder. <laughs> it's going to be immediately clear who the murderer like, is. Like, you always suspect the spouse. Yeah. Um, and so if she sticks around, she's going to be the suspect. And there's this video of it happening. And yeah. How are you going to explain? Well, the last line she says to the camera, like, you erased it, right? And then the murderer clearly didn't because we're seeing it. So she had at least some knowledge of that. Does she just drive off in the sunset and disappear? Yeah. And change her identity? Like, you, you can't go back after that because you're going to be the suspect. You're going to be the suspect. It's going to be hard to... She didn't do it. Well, no, we don't know. We don't know. We're not we, sure. Somebody filmed Stabbed in the Throat. Yeah. Um, I think... I think, I mean... I think I, it's a continuous shot, or it's close to continuous, from the stabbing to the scene in the bathroom, mm-hmm. but I'd have to watch it again there for sure. But she was complicit. At the very least, she's an accessory to murder after the fact. And I feel like the police are going to find Yeah. Find well, again, it's a married couple checked into a hotel. Like, even a sleazy hotel is going to have some record of, like, the dude at the front desk going, yes, two people checked in. And now one of them's dead and one of them isn't. Uh, yeah, no, I, I also agree that it was a very poorly thought out murder. This is no bearing on the film, however. No. I'm not critiquing 
the story of the film, but I just have these so many murder <laughs> mysteries in my head. They're gonna solve that one in no time. I was like, oh yeah, this is a this is a bad murder. Yeah. Uh, the flip side of my thoughts were, hey, that guy's got a magic wallet, which is a type of wallet I like. Where it's it's held together with some straps in some interesting mm-hmm. ways, and so you can open it from either side, mm-hmm. and it holds things using physics. Anyway, I thought that was neat, and I noted that. And also, um, I assume that was actually filmed at the Grand Canyon? It looked like it was. Uh, and I was really afraid someone was going to fall into the Grand Canyon. Yes, I was afraid that that some of the horror would take place outside the hotel yeah room. which it didn't so but it kept you guessing which is mm-hmm. is good mm-hmm. yeah i did, did it raise the question of like is this creepy because we know we're watching a horror movie like the stuff in the hotel was creepy because it was creepy but like the the clip of them getting the the fortune from the the creepy amusement apart mm-hmm. machine or the the Grand Canyon scene. Like, is this creepy just because we're watching a horror movie? Um, that context was something I had questions about. Yeah, it made me think, too, I remember hearing, I think this is an urban legend, um, a story about, like, people on the Appalachian Trail back in the day when you had disposable cameras mm-hmm. and getting their pictures back and seeing pictures of themselves, like, sleeping oh. at night. From those cameras, that's what it reminded me of. I mean, that you get the footage back is the like, sort of thing that someone would be, has been yeah. creeping around. Yeah, I I also have no idea if that's a true story, but it is creepy. Mm-hmm. I can see that being being a good urban legend at the very least. Mm-hmm. <laughs> One more reason I won't be hiking the Appalachian Trail. Yes, that's that's the reason. One of. <laughs> Uh, I actually think that one might have been my favorite of, okay. of the stories we saw. Well, yeah, I think it was my favorite of them. I don't know if it was the best made, but that's a different thing. That's that's fair. Yeah. Um, you want to talk about Tuesday the 17th? Yeah, which... This is like the weakest one. Oh, I by think. far. And also that title is super dumb. Yeah. Um, like, I get it. Like, I get what they're trying oh, to do. See? Oh. You got it. You got it. Yeah, like it's real clever. Hours later, I got it. Yeah, it's clever. It's not good. Okay. Yeah, this one takes place out in the woods with like a murderer in the woods, and the woman has been chased by this murder murderer before, and she's out to get him and brings her f- bait. Her yeah, brings her bait. bait to get him. Uh huh. And he shows up all weird on the. The camera, yeah, like, probably a supernatural entity of some. Yeah, some apparently sort. identified as the glitch in the end credits. Um, but that one was very much felt the most formulaic to me of a horror film. In, it, like in yes, the woods or at a camp it was. Or, it was very much so, and the. The title tells you that it knows it was being formulaic, but that doesn't actually make it interesting. Um, and uh, the woman going, you're all going to die out here. There's a murderer. Like, isn't, doesn't work for me as being creepy or 
like prophetic or anything. Like none of it worked for me. Um, I covered my notes. Uh, oh, I did write. Oh no, not attractive teens. <laughs> oh no, out in the woods. Oh, attractive teens in the woods. Um, it also very much felt like um, it was designed to be scary to us, the audience, without necessarily being a particularly scary premise, mm-hmm. which I find to be underwhelming. I think it's more interesting when the horror is within the narrative of the story, because basically, you know, four kids go to the woods, then they die by a weird means. Then, um, and like all of the the footage cutting of like cut to a corpse in the river, or very quick, very quick, you like, know, like almost filmed over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, but of course, match cutting, and like the okay, the creature, the killer, the whatever, the glitch, like doesn't show up on film, and that's kind of spooky. But that's only spooky if you're watching the thing. Yeah. Not while it's happening. This is being generous, but I kind of got the feeling the camera was there. Like, that maybe the entity was invisible and the camera was there to spot it. Ah, that is being real generous. No, yes, it's being generous. Um, Because I think she even says, like, at one point, like, why can't I film you? Like, why can't I see you on the camera? Which to me indicated she could see him in real life. But that could be read a couple different ways. So, yes, that is a very generous read on it. But most of the scares that happen are within the camera rather than within the world. Because within the world, it's just, eh, it's a murder. Like, it's not cool. It's bad. But it's not scary in the same way. I did think it was creative to throw the knife that goes through the skull uh, through the eye. Yeah, that was some good makeup um, work. I, uh, yeah. yeah. That was a yeah. creative way to die. Yeah. You know, points for that. Uh, yeah. That's all the comments I have. I think that's all I have on that one. Then we get the Zoom one. Yeah. So this is the one, this is the sick thing that happened to Emily when she was younger, which is a terrible name. Yeah. Um, that was not Zoom, uh, but was some sort of video chat. And we, we see it all entirely through the screen of the video chat service, mm-hmm. um, which would be an interesting premise if they did anything interesting with it. Fair enough. <laughs> um, I think the closest we get is when... She collapses, and we cut to we see him coming into the room like seconds later, and there's that sort of reveal of like, oh, he was actually nearby. Um, what what I found this the one I I wrote down this this was the most disturbing one to me, mm-hmm. only because like the fact that James the doctor has been doing this for like her whole life. Like, that was disturbing. And, like, that's the sort of one where, like, hey, this is a metaphor for emotional abuse and the psychic toll that it can take on someone over the years. Um, And that worked for me in that I felt creeped out and disturbed by it at the end. 
And then I think that was undercut by the coda, where it turns out he's doing this to other women. Mm -hmm. I think that actually lessens the disturbing nature of it to me. Mm. Um, I, I can't exactly tell you why, but, like, it makes him more of just an asshole. Like, oh, he's, he's doing this for, for reasons, rather than... Less than a, clearly with Emily, mm-hmm. this is, like, a personal thing. They've yeah. They've known each other for, for a, a long, long, time. long time. Like, they grew up together. It's not just, I met a girl on Tinder, and now I'm starting to do secret experiments on her. Yeah. Like, that is very different. And then, like, sort of the, the ending with Emily, of, like, she gets this diagnosis... Um, schizoaffective um, and like the fact that the only person she trusts is actually the guy who's doing all of the harm Mm -hmm. like that's a very metaphor for abusive relationships and like literal gaslighting where where you can no longer trust your own senses and you are forced by your abuser to trust what they tell you instead Um, and so like all of that works really well, but then is undercut when he's doing it to another woman or potentially dozens of other women, um, which lessens the effect of the metaphor in the attempt of trying to make it spookier, I think. See, I think this one was my favorite. Okay, that's fair. And I think part of it was the ending of the reveal that he's been doing this experiments on her and mm-hmm. that that's happening to other women which was giving me the found footage like not coming to a neat conclusion mm-hmm. which you can't quite do with a found footage but leaving it open and creepy mm-hmm. at the end and I think that's what it definitely liked, did those things liked. Um, mm-hmm. I also liked the the scare of the ghost, the ghost child yeah. running through her room and shutting the door and she can't see it because it happens behind her mm-hmm. when you see it on the screen. Mm-hmm. I liked that scare, which was in the trailer. It so was. It was absolutely in the trailer. You knew it was happening. But I, I did like that was okay. that was scary. Yeah. I agree. That was scary. I'm trying to think. I feel like I had another thought. Um... Oh, I did write down, so, like, while I was trying to figure it out, I was like, okay, is this, like, a metaphor for self-harm? Or, he's real cool with the fact that she's, like, digging into her arm. Like, he's... Yeah. Under... She... Because it shows, like, this huge, like... Gash, yeah. Quarter-sized gash where she's been digging in her arm, and then you see her digging in her arm. Oh, that was disturbing. like... That and his his reaction was like, very subdued. Like, oh, don't do that again. Yeah, you know, put, put, some, put some alcohol on that. Don't do that again. Um, Stop that. Not go to a doctor. Um, he's like, I'll look at it when I get back in town. And so, like, that's very much like, why are you okay with this? But then, of course, we get the reveal, and I'm like, oh, that makes sense retroactively. So I think that worked really well, too. Um, of he actually doesn't directly care about her so much as her finding the thing. Um, yeah, some real unexpected uh, body horror in that one, too. Alright, last one. October 31st, 1998. Yeah, I don't know why it's important that it's in 1998. 
I don't either, other than that's... That's when it was when set. When it was set. Uh, I'll tell you right away, I got mad that the aesthetics of being filmed with a VHS camera disappear after the first five minutes. Mm-hmm. I didn't notice that, but now that you point that out, yeah, that is annoying. Like, that's just, you're not even trying at that point. Um, you know, slap a filter on it and post at the very least. Because mm-hmm. um, we get, like, the date and time stamp at the beginning that says 1031.98. And I think you could do something interesting with that about, like, the passage of time and how you see what's going on and how long these things are taking. But then they just disappear, like, 20 minutes in, not even 20 minutes, you know, 10% into the, the story. Uh, and then it was a boring haunted house story. Yeah, and it did have, I think, the greatest potential for scary effects. Mm-hmm. Like the hands coming through the walls mm-hmm. and the floors. And, yeah, and the effects were pretty impressive. Uh, it just didn't come out as scary to no. me. No. Yeah. Bad. It had the twist that the girl was the demon. And then she killed them all. I was unclear. I thought maybe the girl just took her revenge out on everybody because she was killed. Oh, I read it as as she was... The, the people in the attic were not torturing an innocent young woman, but were casting out a demon. Oh, okay. Um, and then these guys come in trying to rescue her, and then it backfires on them. Which is not narratively satisfying in any particular way, other than to be spooky for the sake of being spooky. Yeah, I read it as now she just kills all men because men killed her, tortured and killed her in an attic or somehow. I mean, that's... So... I like that more. <laughs> as a read, I think that's stronger. Uh, that's not what I read at all. That's interesting. But un- unclear. And, and that that lack of clarity is to its detriment. Yes. Also, I did think the pirate was Ed from... From our own land, kind. But, but it, it wasn't. wasn't. It, wasn't. it was not. I, I determined that as we continued watching. Kevin is not that great at oh, identifying Oh, no. Kevin people. is not at all good at identifying people. Um, uh, it's real weird that they just, like wandered into somebody's house once it was clear that this is not where the party was there taking place. There is no place. party at this house. And well, we'll just keep walking through every single room in the house. That's that's fine. That was weird. I think that's all I have. Okay. For that one. Yeah. Uh, it, was, it was fine. And then the framing doesn't really wrap up. I think all of them die. Yeah. In the house. The end. And that's the end of the movie. Uh-huh. That's the end of the podcast. Tell and them about our Patreon. Then they made more VHS movies. Yeah. Oh, uh, we have a Patreon. It's patreon.com slash five degrees. There are two perks if you support us. One is seeing the super duper unedited version where you hear it from the moment we start recording to the moment we stop recording. This time on our computer's microphone. So I'm sure 
the, yeah, the quality I feel, is I feel great. dumb, but it's fine. Um, the second perk is a list of movies we didn't watch. So Kevin gives me a list of five, and I pick one, and it helps both of our anxiety disorders. Yay! You can support us, or all support is on a per-episode basis, and you can put a cap on the number of episodes you support in a month. We thank you for listening. Rate us and review us on your favorite pod catcher. Yes, please. That is it. Are there other things? That's all I got. All right. Say goodnight, Amy. Goodnight, Amy.